Control, Guidance, Dominance, Vision, Oppression, Exaltion. In the political conflict that is the Ascension War, the technocratic union has consistently been painted up as an oppressive, authoritarian and domineering organization, intolerant to any divergence of their view on reality and stamping out whatever opposition from the so-called mages that they can find. They are the Illuminati, the New World Order, the shadow rulers who guide humanity towards a single future with an iron fist in a velvet glove. They are the bulwark against the nightly horrors, the guardians of the common people, the trailblazers and pioneers who willingly risk and even sacrifice their lives so that humanity may prosper. Rogue mages wielding their power with abandon, crazed marauders, nihilistic nefandi, vampires and werewolves. These are all very real threats to humanity who can only be kept in check by the brave soldiers of the Union. With a unifying vision and a belief in the enlightened anthropic principle that reality can only be maintained by the conviction and strength of the will of humanity itself, the technocrats represent the best that our species has to offer. Conflicting views, of course, but which one is right? Ask any mage or technocrat and you will get a different answer. Like so many things in this world, the truth is far from a simple dichotomy. Indeed, it is not even a static thing. We humans want to believe that our reality is immutable, that what we do not yet understand will make sense with time, and thus in hindsight will likewise be explainable with what we today know. Yet, as you have learned by now, that is not how the world works. The technocratic union traces its roots back to Wolfgang von Reismann's vision, as well as the rise of the Order of Hermes. But it wasn't until 1325 that the Order of Reason, the Union's first form, became manifest. Ironic to any scholar of vampiric lore, the founding took place inside an ivory tower that once belonged to a hermetic mage whose assassination had left it bereft of owner. Delegates from all across the Eurasian continental area gathered together for nearly a month to discuss the order's forming and eight different conventions would eventually join together into this new structure. They were the Gabrielites, the High Guild, the Quatian Circle, the Void Seekers, the Celestial Masters, the Craft Masons, the Artificers and the Solificati, all ruled over by an inner circle. Some of these conventions had already banded together before this meeting, but this was the last step. The forming of the Order of Reason would spark the so-called Sorcerer's Crusade, a war that would rage through a large part of the Renaissance as magic was slowly but surely fading as consensus and paradox would become ever increasingly influential in the forming of reality. Initially the Order's goal was noble and singular, the protection of humanity from the supernatural. But despite many of its members' best attempts, envy, greed and pride would all take its tolls as inner conflicts of interest and methodology would oftentimes mar their attempts. The nine traditions gathered together out of necessity in order to fight the order of reason 
whom they believed were a threat not only to other mages, but to reality itself. Several mages had sensed that magic was fading, it had in fact been since the previous millennia, and they suspected the order of reason and their enlightened science was one of the underlying causes. We don't know if this is true, but it certainly is a convenient causes belly for the more traditional mages to rally against. The ecstatic Shazar, the seer, formed what would eventually become the Council of Nine in 1440 together with Nightshade, a survivor of a murderous raid led by the Gabrielites on the pagan circle she belonged to, as well as Valoran the Messianic Singer and Master Baldric Lassai of the Order of Hermes. In the 1450s, this fledgling order created the Realm of Horizon from which they would operate. A separate world the size of a small moon, with two continents with a wilderness resembling the bygone era before the arrival of these enlightened sciences. The Order of Reason, of course, did not remain inactive in this period, and they led many assaults against mystic strongholds, a mystic being another word for the mages who did not adhere to the idea of their sciences. Duazetep a hermetic stronghold, suffered an extended siege from the Order, and they even attacked Horizon itself in 1475. This was a time of great war and conflict, and while the Circle of Nine were united under this strife, they were tested sorely. Ultimately, it would seem the Order won the war, for the mystics disappeared, the Nine Traditions fading into the shadows, and would remain so for the next 300 years. In truth, they were rebuilding their strength, but while they were gone, science would claim complete and utter dominance over humanity. Yet as time went by, the once noble ideals of the Order of Reason became corrupt. The High Guild turned to slavery, conquest and opiates as an easy means for money, supported by many other conventions who depended on the High Guild's might to support them. The craft masons, who more than any other convention stood up for the so-called unenlightened, were pushed to the side, seen as bygone relics and heirs of the hermetic ideals from which they had sprung. A great purge was done of all old artifacts and arts that could be considered too fantastical for the order, and eventually their mindset would shift completely, denying that there had ever been something called magic to begin with. Fear oppression and murder would rule in the halls of the Order of Reason. A dark time of opposites, as humanity grew more enlightened, she would also develop new and crueler means to subjugate others. At the end of the 1600s, through exploitation and subjugation, the Order of Reason had laid claim to the entire world. Yet even within the Order conflicts reigned, often out of national rivalries as well as religious ones. All the while mystics were hunted down and persecuted, the fires of witch trials burned hotly for many years, orthodox intolerance towards witchcraft and black magic equally a driving force as the Union's will. Hermetic mages and choristers profit greatly from the slave trade and the formation of secret societies during this time, and a great rift arose between the traditions, as other mystics saw their people murdered or put in chains while their so-called brethren in these orders did nothing to prevent it, or even personally profited from it. Indeed, the Circle of Nine, or Eight as they then were, would most likely have been able to put up a much stronger resistance, perhaps even beating the complacent and corrupt Order of Reason, had they not opposed each other. The 
aristocratic traditions hold much, if not all, the blame here, for they let their greed and personal success overshadow the ideals from which their group had been formed. It should come to no surprise that the Nefandi are, and have been, a constantly present threat within both the order of reason as well as the technocracy, as they often work to undermine the efforts of those within the organization who wish to do good. Even so, all evil deeds of the Union and Order cannot be blamed on these Nefandi. Humanity itself is quite capable of inflicting horrors barely dreamed of by older and more powerful things. Eventually, however, the Order of Reason could no longer function in its present state, and in the 1800s, with the blessing of Queen Victoria herself, a last convocation of the Order was held, and from it the Technocratic Union was born. Peeled away were the last vestiges of religious ties and rival empires. Left was the desire for power, wealth, and influence. The Gabrielites and Craft Masons were perched, expunged from the Order as if they had never existed, and this event, referred to as a lightning purge, and the precedence it set, would eventually result in both the virtual adepts and the Electrodyne engineers leaving to join the traditions. Unlike vampiric clans and werewolf tribes, the many different schools of magic and enlightened sciences often undergo extensive changes. Some become quaint and irrelevant dead ends, while others flourish for a time, yet eventually branching into further distinctions or merging with others. There are quite a number of disparates, schools of magic not belonging to the traditions. Yet the line is nowhere as blurred as between enlightened science and technomancy. Both the virtual adepts and the Society of Aether once belonged to the Union, sharing their vision. Yet because of politics, and perhaps restrictions imposed upon them by the other conventions, they have embraced a way of thinking more in line with the traditions. This is a momentous thing, because the technocracy does not believe in magic. Even though what they do fundamentally alters reality in their favor, they will explain it with science. One can consider it technobabble if one wishes, but it is an immutable fact that a technocrat believes in the science they employ. Changing one's perception to allow for even the possibility of the existence of magic requires a tremendous feat of will. The technocracy is composed of five conventions all working in tandem to control and guide humanity forward. These are called the Iteration X, the New World Order, the Progenitors, the Syndicate, and the Void Engineers. Iteration X are the mechanics of the Union. They believe in constant improvement through iterations and work hard to enhance both the equipment and the bodies of their operatives. They provide technological advancements and cybernetics outside the realm of most science fiction, and their mathematical precision is like clockwork. They provide soldiers and workers, and can at times be almost drone-like in their approach to a problem. Their spheres of influence are force, matter, and time. Perfection through practice is a common motto in this convention, and whether applied to military operations or the fine motor abilities of a cybernetic hand is irrelevant. The New World Order, as its name implies, are the shadowy rulers, the big brother of the modern world. Political lobbyists and experts rub shoulders with black suits, field operatives who travel the world ensuring that any encounters between reality deviants, their term for any supernatural creature, and the unenlightened is smoothed over. 
They are experts of altering perception as well, conducting indoctrination and reprogramming of individuals who may display dangerous signs of non-compliance with the consensus. Information is their specialty, and through their many iterations, these technocrats have gotten very, very good at it. Unsurprisingly, mind and correspondence, referred to as data by the technocracy, are their primary spheres. Progenitors are the medics and scientists of the Union. Also called evolutionists, these life and prime specialized technocrats seek to evolve and perfect the human race. This can of course be troublesome, and this convention has struggled with its own self-image as many of humanity's darkest moments arose from ideas like superior genome or racial traits. Today they sternly remind themselves of the Hippocratic Oath, and as many progenitors have a past as medical practitioners, they take this seriously. They are sometimes considered mad scientists on par with Frankenstein, creating strange amalgams of animals, sometimes just to see if it can be done. The progenitors also supply the rest of the Union with vat-grown clones, soldiers in the war to protect humanity from the corrupting influence of the mystics. Money is the grease that makes the wheels turn, and the Syndicate embodies this way of thinking. Whenever the Union requires funding, it will come in the form of a discreet reallocation of funds from one of the countless shell companies operated by these technocrats. Entropy, mind, and primal utility, a monetary-focused application of the prime sphere, are theirs to wield, and theirs are the board meetings that determine the agenda of the Union. Theirs is the money that is slipped into a politician's sweaty palm as they ban the practice of organized religion in their city, or the yacht given as a bonus to corporate executives for the humane resettlement of the flora and fauna as a dam is built where a werewolf's cairn just happens to be located. The Void Engineers are the explorers of the technocracy, the pioneers who venture far into the umbral realm to combat threats to humanity and pave over their void so that they can never again impose their will upon us. This goal of sterilizing the realms beyond the gauntlet are hardline, intolerant, yet considering the horrors faced by these wanderers, who can really blame them? Dark and twisted spirits seek to manipulate and exploit humanity towards their own evil ends, even the werewolves know this, yet while they strive for balance, the Union wishes for control, so much better to ensure stability after all. They have mastered the spheres of correspondence, forces and dimensional science, their word for the sphere of spirit, in their pursuit. Whenever the possibility of a non-corporeal reality deviant is on the table, the rest of the Union turn to these hardened space marines for their expertise. There is, of course, so much more one can say about the technocratic Union, but I fear that we are running out of time for now. If this series of videos on Mage inspired you to try to play the game itself, the core rulebook for M20, the 20th anniversary edition of Mage, is available on Storyteller's Vault both as PDF and print-on-demand. Somewhat more urgently, however, is the Kickstarter for the Technocracy Reloaded, a new book specifically designed to bring the technocratic union into the 2020s. It's on its last couple of days at the time of this video's release, so there is still time to support it. There will be a link in the description. Now, before I thank my amazing patrons for their support, I would like to give you all a little update. Since last week, I have now hit my topmost Patreon goal, meaning I will be able to cut down some of my day job and focus more on my channel. I will also commence running a chronicle set in my hometown, Stockholm, where patrons of Primogen tier or above will be able to play with me as a storyteller. 
I can't even begin to describe how excited I am about this, and honestly the amount of support and love I've gotten from all of you over these 10 months is just unbelievable. Thank you everyone so much for being there. I read all the comments, uh, but lately I haven't been able to respond to them all. I'm honestly completely blown away, and it really hasn't sunk in yet. I will continue to do my best in providing you all with lore videos on the World of Darkness, and I will also be able to unveil my one on YouTube Giovanni Chronicles come June. I'm very much looking forward to hearing what the Council thinks about that. Here's to at least another 10 months of content, because I'm... I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know uh, how... I don't. I can't really imagine my... I can't really imagine my life right now without doing this. It really means a lot to me. The ancient snow, whose grand vision always guides my hand and whose dark patronage is a blessing of utmost brilliance, has been joined in the eternal game of chess that is the Jihad by Adam Daw, a powerful and mysterious antediluvian whose will I can feel pulling at the strings of my soul, guiding my hands as I write these words. Blessed be these two dark gods, their wisdom far beyond the scope of kindred and kind, and I prayed for their benevolence when the time of judgment descends upon us. Her Satanic Majesty Dani, the Methuselah mistress whose presence I have the fortune to bask in as she offers guidance, has likewise been bolstered. Maximilian S. Hardcastle, whose sudden ascendance to this state may have been at the price of his, or someone else's eternal soul, remains a firm, guiding hand in these troubled times, and Bambi Parsons has, as well, ascended to a higher state of existence. Her enthusiastic support emboldens my pen, and this mighty triumvirate dictates the future of not only me, but of the Council itself. The Primogen Council remains steadfast, each member conscious of the vital role they play in maintaining our order. 06, Stonewolf 18, Jokerman, and Cal Constantine, our senior members, provide insight into the affairs of their clans which is, as always, indispensable. Edward Reed, who has for many moons given valuable support to our council, has finally joined us at the table, as has Colin Gifford, who likewise has skills and experiences indispensable to our work. We wish to welcome you to the council, and we hope that our work together will be fruitful indeed. Our council is as always supported by the elders, wise kindred whose help extends our reach. Dante the Canine, What's That Smells His Blood, Remy Van Roy, Gaslight88, Aubrey Ayers, Non-God, and Justin S. have our gratitude for their selfless support. June Pocciolo, whose name I unfortunately got wrong in the previous video, has my apologies. I hope I got it right this time. The Ancillate, Harry Wyckoff, Envihan, and Giodan are likewise targets of our appreciation. Your support and guidance of our sect's neonates is invaluable. And finally, last but not least, our loyal neonates, in whose hands the future may well rest. They receive our thanks for their services. And thank you for watching. Reality is within your grasp. All you need is the courage to take it and the strength to keep it.